Salam, salam from Gardner's Bay. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 28th of July, 2022. Quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. On Wednesday the 20th, Al-Shabaab, a group that pretty much everybody deems a terrorist organization, carried out an attack against Ethiopia in the Afder zone at the border between Somalia and Ethiopia. However, a few hours after the organization launched the attack, Somalia's national television network reported that the Somali special forces of the region had been deployed. Forces killed around 100 of the raiders and closed in on surviving members in the Hulhul region. Somali Peace and Security Council of the region said that the special forces killed the rest of the raiders on Thursday the 21st. Council also revealed that al-Shabaab had planned on passing through the region to join forces with the Oromo Liberation Army, or OLA, which the government deems a terrorist group. Al-Shabaab tried to get through again this week on Monday the 25th, but the region's special forces were once again able to repel the attack. The OLA used to be a single political party called the Oromo Liberation Front, or OLF. It branched off after a rift between the party's leaders. In 2018, the OLF signed a peace agreement with the Ethiopian government, which caused the party to split into two groups, the OLA and the OLF. However, Even though the OLF is registered as a political party, it has seven of its leaders in prison in Burayu, a city of the Oromia region just outside Addis. Last week, on Monday the 18th, the Burayu City Council ruled that four of the seven arrested leaders must be released. Speaking of political parties, the National Election Board has suspended the Ethiopian Freedom Party and will deliberate on whether or not to permanently cancel the party's license. This comes after the party gave allowances to street beggars to attend the party's assembly in the guise of real members. They also said to the election board that the party's General Assembly had approved their rules, which it seems it had not. The election board said in a statement that the party has up until Friday the 29th to defend their claims. A few weeks back, we told you about the investigators the UN was going to send to look into the human rights violations committed during the war between the Ethiopian government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Well, they arrived in the capital, Addis Ababa, on Monday the 25th, have met several top government officials. They'll stay in Addis until Saturday the 30th and will release a statement regarding their stay on the same day. But investigators are not the only important guests that have arrived in Addis this week. Russia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Sergei Lavrov, also went to the capital on Tuesday the 26th for a two-day working visit. Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs Demeke Mekonen welcomed Lavrov. He met with government officials and spoke about the historic bilateral relations between Ethiopia and Russia and the agreements the countries had made. He also had a talk with top officials of the Africa Union. Russia's list of friends is shrinking these days, so it's doing anything it can. U.S. Special Envoy to the Horn of Africa, Mike Hammer, will also be arriving in Addis in the coming days. He will speak to government officials about negotiations to end the war with the Tigray People's Liberation Front. He also will talk about humanitarian aid and human rights violations. This will be his second trip to Ethiopia. A few weeks back, Hammer was in Addis and spoke with Demeke Mekonen. On that note about the capital, Two weeks ago, Addis Ababa City Administration declared the results of the 8th of July draw for the 4060-2080 housing program invalid. Now, people who saved and are eagerly awaiting the redraw are saying that the city administration must ensure a transparent and protected draw. Friday the 22nd, the city's mayor, Adanech Abebe, said in an interview on a radio show that the redraw will take place soon, but since a new software is going to be used to ensure it's protected, she asked everybody to be patient. 
His Holiness, Father Matthias, Patriarch of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, arrived in Virginia on Monday the 25th of July for medical treatment. The day the Patriarch left for the U.S., there was untrue reports circulating on social media that the Patriarch was smuggling historical relics into the U.S. Patriarch's office issued a statement the same day saying that some of the relics were the Patriarch's private property, that the office had obtained a permit to take the relics that were not the Patriarch's to the U.S., the office said the process was completely legal and the allegations are false. Speaking of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, St. Gabriel holiday was observed on Tuesday the 26th throughout the years. There have been death threats, bombs, scares, among others around St. Gabriel churches all over the country because of an enormous number of Christians go to these churches to celebrate. Police has revealed that this year's holiday was celebrated peacefully and aside from minor crimes, there were no threats or attacks reported. Ethiopia has agreed to sell electrical power to neighboring Kenya. The countries have been negotiating for years. They finally reached an agreement on Tuesday the 26th. The Ethiopian Electric Utility CEO, Engineer Ashebir Balcha, and Kenya's power and lighting company managing director, Engineer Jeffrey Muli, signed the agreement. Ethiopia will start selling electricity to Kenya in September. Ethiopia has also agreed to sell electricity to Somaliland, Tanzania, and South Sudan. Currently, the country sells electricity to neighbors Djibouti and Sudan. In Addis, one of the most popular ways to get around is to use the apps Ride and Fedis, which are similar to Lyft and Uber. These platforms offer lower prices, serve as great income sources for drivers, but this year they're running out of favor as safety concerns loom. In the past few weeks, hijackers took the cars of two drivers after threatening to kill them. However, there was a more tragic story last week on Tuesday the 19th when a driver was stabbed, murdered, and robbed of his car. The president of the Meter Taxi Association, Henok Tesfaye said that this week's murder brings the total number of deaths of drivers to six. He also said the government must ensure the security of these drivers as there are 45,000 drivers registered on the platform. Numerous banks have opened in Ethiopia this year. Brand new bank Tsehe, which translates to Sun, started operations last week on Saturday the 23rd. Bank plans on supporting small businesses, entrepreneurs, and innovations, as well as the agriculture sector. Bank opened 30 branches, plans on growing that number to around 100 a year. World Athletics Championship in Eugene, Oregon drew to a close on Sunday the 24th. Last week, we told you that Ethiopia was second to the medal count next to the host, the United States. Ethiopian athletes secured that position after bringing in two more medals. Gudaf Tsegai came in first place in the women's 5,000 meters, and Dawit Sayom brought home bronze after coming in third place in the same race. The Ethiopian team came back home. For the celebrations on Wednesday night, top government officials welcomed the victorious team at Bole International Airport. The team had a victory parade in the streets of Addis the next day. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Miss anything important? What would you like to hear more about in the updates? Let us know your thoughts at Ethiopia at Rorschach.com.